morning, he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to him to test him so they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, no one, sir. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Uh, quite a few years ago when I was much younger. Uh, I went to the state fair with some of my friends and, and the girl that I was dating at the time, this was long before I was a friar. And uh, we had a really good time and we were, and we were leaving and like, we were <laughs> talking and laughing and I was all caught up in the conversation and, and as I was walking kind of backwards, all of a sudden I ran into this guy that was like about three feet taller than me. <laughs> And he, and he looks down and he goes, give me one reason not to beat the living daylights out of you. And I, I was terrified. <laughs> he was so much bigger than me. And all of a sudden I got this inspiration and I, and I whipped out the few carnival tickets that we had left and just gave them to him. And he goes, get out of here. <laughs> and I was spared. I, I made it. It, it, I made it out alive in that fearful, fearful, fearful situation. Last night I was talking with Father uh, Kladar, right? That's his name, Father Kladar. And, and he said, so down there in Nicaragua, I live in Nicaragua, which is, you know where that is? It's not in Africa. He thought it was in It's south of Mexico, let's say. But north of Brazil, for example. Uh, so he said, down there in Nicaragua, y'all probably got like a, um, bunch of snakes and stuff like that. I said, yes. <laughs> Scorpions, spiders, uh, other wild animals. Uh, there's, there, there are howler monkeys. I don't know if you've ever heard of howler monkey. When they make noise, they go, 
And if you hear them all at once, it sounds like a monster is coming to, to, to attack you. They're actually only about this big, but there's all sorts of things to be afraid of uh, in Nicaragua. I, I left my room the other night and there was a gigantic python, probably like six feet long and about that big around in its, in its uh, biggest part. And he told me, Father Claydar said, well, here in St. Charles, like, there's, there's not really anything that can hurt you. <laughs> Well, there's, every once in a while there might be a tornado that kind of gets near and then it gets to the valley and it's like, nah, forget it. <laughs> and there's not like a lot of poisonous snakes or spiders or scorpions. or So are you not afraid of anything then when you live in St. Charles? What are you afraid of? Or is that emotion like absent from your lives? In this, in this scene in the gospel, there's fear, like so palpable. Imagine you're the woman, first, first off. They, they catch her in the act. What the heck are those guys doing <laughs> that they catch her in the act? Is, is one of them maybe the one that, that set the whole thing up? I, who knows? The guy's nowhere to be found. He should be stoned too, according to Mosaic law. He's nowhere to be found. And they bring her there, and she's terrified. This is, this is it. This is the end for her. Can you try to, even though you don't have scorpions and stuff here, can you try to imagine the fear? Can you tap into that emotion that you have in your own heart? What about Jesus? Jesus is truly God, but he's also truly human. And that means he has the whole gamut of human emotions. Did Jesus feel fear? Yes! This is not the first time that there were a group of people with stones around him. They tried to stone him before. And what does it say, that, what does it say in the gospel? And he walked through their midst. What? <laughs> he, just, he just left. There was another time in his own town they tried to push him off the cliff, but he just walked through their midst. That doesn't mean he wasn't afraid. They could easily stone him too and her both. But perfect love casts out all fear. And Jesus loved, loves perfectly the adulterous woman. He loves perfectly the Pharisees and the scribes. He loves perfectly the casual onlooker. And all of that perfect love casts the fear out that would have paralyzed him or her, made it impossible. And this sort of fear, I, I see it played out like over and over again in, in some of the ministries that, that we have down in Nicaragua. Uh, one is we work in the prison, fear, it's a terrible place. We work in the hospital with chaplains there, fear of death, of COVID, the whole, all of that stuff, fear. We also, I have the privilege to work in a ministry called Rachel's Vineyard. Some of you have heard of that. There's, there's a retreat called Rachel's Vineyard and it's a retreat for, for folks that have had an abortion, whether men or women. And it's a healing retreat for that experience. This last time that I did it most recently, there were 13 people signed up to be on the retreat. Do you know how many of them came? Four. <laughs> they were, 13 of them were signed up the day before, right up to the day before. And then they just started dropping like flies. It did not come. 
Do you know why? Because they were terrified. They were terrified to say what they had done. They wanted to be healed, but they couldn't get over the fear. It paralyzed them. But four of them came. There's a, there's a wonderful exercise that we do. I don't want to give away all, this is like big spoiler alert, but uh, one of the exercises that we do in Rachel's Vineyard and on the very first night is we read this account of the adulterous woman and then I have a rock. I have a big, heavy rock in my hand. And I walk up to the participants one by one and I, and I place it in their hand and I ask them, is there someone here that condemns you? Holding the rock in their hand, these men and women that have, have aborted their children, I say, no one. And I look them in the eyes and I say, I don't condemn you either. Go and don't sin anymore. And then, uh, this is a real spoiler alert, I'm sorry, if you ever go on this retreat. But, and, then, and, then we, and then we invite them to take a rock, each one of them. And, uh, and they have to carry it around with them the entire retreat. Like, they go to the dinner, they go to the bathroom, they go outside, they go wherever they go, they have to carry this rock with them, wherever they are. And the rock is meant to represent something that they're carrying with them. They, don't, they're not, they have to identify what is it that they're carrying, this weight that they're carrying with them. And so, uh, so early in the retreat, one of the women, I, I could tell that she was really, really perturbed. And I said, do you know what's happening? Do you know what you're feeling right now? Do you know what you're thinking? Sometimes we don't even know what we're feeling or thinking. She said, I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? This is in the group, right? We're all sitting together in the group. What are you afraid of? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid because I feel totally ashamed of what I've done and I'm afraid of what people think of me. And I said, is there someone that you're particularly afraid of what they think of you? And there was one woman on the retreat who had, had a spontaneous, what we call spontaneous abortions or, or miscarriages. And she said, I'm afraid of her. <laughs> Why are you afraid of her? Because she didn't abort her children and I did. And I'm afraid of what she thinks of me. I said, well, would you want to get up and, and I'll walk over with you to her and, and we'll tell, you, tell her what you feel and what you think right now? And she's like, no. <laughs> well, what if I go with you? I'll, I'll hold your hand. I'll walk you over. Okay. <laughs> and so I took her by the hand and walked her over to the other woman who was older than her. And she, she just looked her in the eye and she said, I'm afraid. And so the woman had the, the, the wherewithal to say, well, why are you afraid? Because I'm ashamed. You wanted your children and you couldn't have them. And I had mine and I didn't want them. And I'm ashamed. And the woman said to her, I don't judge you. I don't condemn you. Don't sin anymore. <laughs> It's because perfect love drives out, casts out all fear. There, later on in the retreat, uh, there comes a point when you can get rid of your rock. 
You can, you can decide, like, this is what, I've identified what it means and I'm ready to get rid of it. And so this lady, I said, did you, did you figure out what, what your rock represents? She said, oh, yes. Are you ready to get rid of it? Yes. <laughs> I said, okay, where do you want to go? To the woods. So we went out to the woods and she made a speech before she threw her rock into the woods. She said, I've been ashamed and ashamed and ashamed and afraid and ashamed and I'm done with it. And I'm getting rid of this rock. And she threw it as hard as she could and actually broke into pieces. And said, okay, well, what are you going to replace it with? Shamelessness. And I was like, oh, that's probably not the best way to say it, but I get what you're saying. You don't want to be shameless, but shame, yeah, free from shame. Free from fear because perfect love casts out all fear, just like Jesus does with this adulterous woman. And I've seen it again and again and again in other ministries that we have. I work with, uh, also with NFP, Natural Family Planning. So for couples that want to plan their family but not use contraceptives, okay? And uh, a number of the young women that I work with have had C-sections and there's this terrible policy down in Nicaragua, government policy, that once you've had like two or three C-sections, then they just have to start harping on you and harping on you and harping on you to have your tubes tied and just get sterilized. And so my poor friends, every time they go into the hospital, like the nurse, the doctor, the nurse's assistant, the janitor, they all say, so are you going to get tubes tied? It's time. It's time, and they just put all this pressure on there, and they're consumed by fear. You're going to die if you have another baby. You're going to die if you get pregnant again. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. I have one friend that she had had three C-sections, and so the, she got pregnant a fourth time. And the, the doctor said, "You're going to have your. You're going to get your tubes out. You're going to do it. You're going to." And she's like, "No, I'm. I'm not. That's not. That's, that's not what God wants for me. I'm not going to do that." And they were so shameless that after after she was. After she delivered the baby, when she was still drugged up, they just, they just made this sign to her, the doctor. And all she had to do was just say, with her head. But somehow she found the courage to, to, to say no. There's a couple from, uh, from Argentina from the beginning of the, of the 20th century named uh, Giuseppe and, and Henriqueta. Um, immigrated from Italy to, to Argentina. And, and the first pregnancy that they had was very, very, very complicated. And the doctors said, you can't have any more babies. You absolutely cannot have any more babies. This, can't, this has to be the last one. This first one is the last one, whether you like it or not. And there's a really wonderful story that goes on from there, but I'm not going to tell you right now because I'm gonna tell you tomorrow night when you come out to the mission at seven o'clock. I'm going to tell you about Giuseppe and, and, and Henry Keita and, and what happened in their lives and how perfect love cast out all fear. Jesus casts out all fear with his perfect love. What are your fears? Not snakes, not scorpions, you're St. Charles. What are they? You enter into panic all the time. You get stressed out. You're afraid. Think about it. What's happening? and let Jesus cast out those fears with his perfect love. And that's what he comes to do in this Eucharist when we receive him and take him into ourselves.